Welcome to Family is the Answer, an adoption and foster care podcast. I'm Karina Kuna-Henson, Managing Director for Rohe Foundation. Together with Podcast Network Asia, we're here to share resources to inform you and stories to inspire you about adoption and foster care. Hope you enjoy listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Family is the Answer podcast. Um, This podcast is really meant to just inspire you along your adoption and maybe foster care journeys, wherever you might be. So you might be in a place of consideration, you're thinking about it, you've um, maybe been mulling over it for some time and you want to get started. Um, Maybe you haven't even considered it and that's fine. Um, We hope that this will just be a first step in in that direction, maybe getting you more information, something that you might want to start considering with your family, then that's great. Um, or you might actually be already be in an adoption or a foster care journey and you're just looking for encouragement, support and tips on how to move forward and continue advocating for adoption. Um, this is for you. Uh, so glad that you're joining us. My name is Krina and I work with an organization called Rohe Foundation. And um, in our first episode, we did talk a little bit about the orphan crisis, specifically in the Philippines, which is the context where we operate today, um, but a lot of our advocacy materials are for everybody. So you could be joining us and listening in from um, a nation outside of the Philippines. Well, we're glad that you're here and we would definitely love to hear from you. We're based out of Manila and some of the stories and experiences that we share will reference what we do see on the ground here in the Philippines. Um, So I just wanted to share a little bit about what we do today um, as an organization. The work of Rohe Foundation is really two-pronged, kind of see it like two lungs, right? And part of what we do is is orphan prevention, and that's one, one aspect. And the other aspect is advocating for orphan care. What we have a lot of in the Philippines and other third world countries is children's homes and institutional care. We have so many institutions looking in to um, child caring agency um, type roles. There's just so many. And I and I, I remember when we were setting up Rohi Foundation, we were trying to decide what role we would play. We said, you know what, there are already so many in institutional care. What we want to do is we want to work on orphan prevention means making sure that less and less children even become orphaned in the first place. And we want to look into advocating for orphan care so that the children who are in institutional care and stuck in institutional care, we say stuck because sometimes they're just there for so long and nobody's adopting them or or fostering them that they can't get out of, of that, that eventually they end up aging out, which is what we don't want to happen. And so we advocate for orphan care, which looks like, as mentioned, foster care adoption and actually loving and caring for the for these orphans. And so those are the two sides of the work that we do, because, you know, the reality is that more and more children are being orphaned, abandoned and neglected, not just in the Philippines, but all over the world. And when children find themselves in children's homes or alternative care or sometimes 
various vulnerable circumstances. The, the, so those solutions are sometimes just very short term. Um, they were meant to be temporary solutions. Um, children's homes can only care for those children for um, a short amount of time. Um, after, some of them after the age of four, they say, I'm sorry, this child has to move on to a different place, either a foster home or another institution. And there's so much trauma that the child experiences because of being passed around. Um, even worse is that, like I mentioned, aging out at the age of 16, um, 17, or 18, when a child is too old um, for the children's home, uh, they end up back on their own without any family, without anybody to support them throughout the rest of their life. And so just the sheer magnitude of this crisis is telling us that government institutions and government programs and institutional care can't handle it alone. Family is really the answer. We have to stop seeing institutional care and government care as the finish line for these children. It's actually family. A child, an or a child who's been orphaned and abandoned is not considered safe and taken care of. And you know what? They're good where they are just because they've been taken in by a children's home. Um, it's really that finish line should really be moved way, 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 way back to when they have a permanent family, a permanent, loving, caring family to call their own. Just to give a bit of context um, so that you can understand um, just the magnitude of this problem. Every year, an average of 431 children are declared legally available for adoption. This actually means that their paperwork is ready. Um, and this is something unique to the Philippines and to this, the current system here in the Philippines. But we call them legally available for adoption, meaning their paperwork is ready and that they can be adopted at that time. And so 431 children are declared legally available for adoption every single year, but are never placed with a family. That number um, haunts me <laughs> all the time because that means that these children are waiting and ready and longing for family. And legally, there's something we can do because they're already their papers have been worked out. It means that families are not stepping out to adopt them. And that number only grows as the years go by. Another statistic is that, you know, yearly for every 248 children in alternative care, meaning for every 200 in total, not even looking into whether they're legally available or not, just in total, for every 248 children that are in alternative care, only one gets adopted. And the likelihood of that being a domestic adoption is actually quite slim. Chances are that was an international placement too, that that child wasn't even adopted by a family locally um, in the Philippines, that it's usually an international one. When you look at these numbers, it tells us that families are really not opening their homes to the orphaned and abandoned. Um, we say we care, we say that we're open, we say that we want to do something, but the more convenient thing is really to maybe make a donation to a children's home and, you know, and try to support their needs and care for them. And I know a lot of great families and great people who do that. You know, they support children's homes by making sure that they have enough food, um, they have enough laundry soap, they have enough medical supplies, they have enough beds and sheets and pillows and things that they need uh, for the children while they're in that children's homes. 
while they're in that children's home. And I think that's wonderful, um, but it's temporary. Um, you know, there's this story of uh, a 30 year old orphan who had posted something on Facebook. You know, they go on to say that, you know, throughout the course of um, they were given so many things, gifts, things that they needed and education even um, and provided with everything they needed to, quote unquote, survive. Right. The necessities um, because they went, you know, they were fortunate enough to be placed in good children's homes and maybe even good foster families. But at the end of, you know, his post, um, he said, but. The truth is that while I was met with many good things, I was never cured of my long-term state of being an orphan, that my state of being an orphan never changed, that although I was a recipient to a lot of wonderful things and the generosity of a lot of people, I'm 30 years old today and I'm still an orphan. And that was that person's reality. And, you know, that so broke my heart because I realized how misinformed we are sometimes that. We do care and we do think that, um, you know, being generous and giving towards meeting the short-term needs of a child is, is enough. It's not. Um, at the end of everything, what these children desire most is a family. What they pray for at night is a family. My name is Jelly Victor. And I'm JC Alanis. Do check out the Parenting Podcast, Real Parents Facing Modern Problems Together. This is brought to you by YF Nutrition Parent Team and Podcast Network Asia. I assure you, they're not praying for a new backpack. They're not praying for a new pair of shoes. Um, when they go to bed at night, they're praying for a family. And they're wondering, is anybody going to come and get me? And so that's the reality of what happens when we just think about institutional care. And um, at Rohe Foundation, one of the things we're trying to do is address um, the issues outside of that, preventing children from being stuck in institutional care by, like I mentioned, two things, orphan prevention and orphan care. So I do want to talk a little bit about orphan prevention for a while because um, we find that a lot of people like to support the work we do in this area. And it's an area which... Um, I think there's a growing need for awareness um, around this. And orphan prevention really means stepping in to help a child before they get abandoned or disowned or trafficked. Um, we find that in order to rescue these children, we actually, we need to help their mothers first. Um, a lot of times abandonment, even worse, abortion happens before the child even gets a chance to live, right? Um, and these things happen very early on in the child's life. Um, so what we do is we have a, pro a program called, our, it's our Pregnant Women in Crisis Program. And through this program, we, as a, we assist women who are unable to provide for the basic needs of their child. There's, there's a, these are the women who are unsure about both their capacity, meaning can I provide for the needs of my child? Can my child and I survive if I were to have usually another one? Because this is usually not their first child. And then not just their capacity, but also their willingness. Do I want to? Am I actually, do I love this child enough to see my pregnancy through? Um, and what we do is we commit to walk alongside them throughout their pregnancy and their birth to make sure that 
they get enough information about the dangers of abandonment, the dangers of child trafficking. Um, I'll never forget this one story of um, one of these pregnant women that we we had assisted early on. She was working in the red light district um, of you know the city area here in here in Metro Manila, and she was working as a prostitute. And she was the mother of at that point um, her of six children. Her eldest was 14 years old, um, and uh, she was pregnant. Um, with the sixth. And uh, this mother, she and her 14 year old, the eldest one were both heavily involved in prostitution. And we discovered that while she was pregnant with a six, she was actually making plans to sell this baby to a child syndicate. And that the likelihood of this child ending up in some kind of sex trade was very high because um, the truth was she admitted to having sold, um, the second, third, fourth, and fifth child for money, um, in exchange for money. And, you know, this so broke my heart. Um, when we heard about her, uh, we were able to talk to her and counsel her and explain the dangers of what she was doing. Um, and she was so, uninformed um, of what the realities were going to be for her child and, and so calloused that she really needed somebody to come alongside her and say, I know life is hard. I know life is difficult, so difficult that you find yourself having to do work that, that, that you don't, you wish you didn't have to do. And it's so difficult that actually, if you were to sell your child, um, you wouldn't have to work and you wouldn't have to do um, you wouldn't have to be a prostitute for several months because the money you would get in exchange for your child would be enough to not just keep you alive, but for her, she was thinking, I'm keeping my child alive. But she was so misinformed and typically child traffickers go around and they, and they brainwash some of these people because they're so desperate and they're in crisis situations. They're able to talk them into all kinds of scary things. And into a place of just selling their children, um, thinking that they're providing both their child and themselves with a chance at a better life. And, you know, that that's just the reality. Um, so many women um, sell their babies because they're desperate, because they lack information, because no one's taken the time to explain to them or no one's taken the time to help them understand that how dangerous, how dangerous and how terrifying um, that could be for their children. Um, abandonment is another thing, you know, in the Philippines, we, it's so common, um, not just in the Philippines. I know, um, places like Indonesia, um, as well, Vietnam as well, uh, child abandonment happens quite frequently, um, where children are left, um, usually in public places fresh out of the womb. Um, just several weeks ago, you know, we heard a story about a child who was left umbilical cord attached outside of a hospital. And, you know, another time, uh, shortly after that, there was a child who was left in a, in a little shoebox several days old at a funeral par parlor. And, you know, women do these pregnant women in crisis situations do this because that they feel like that's their only option. They feel like the chance of me leaving my child here to be found by someone um, provides them a better chance at life than keeping this child with me. And I'm not saying that's the case for all of them and that they all have good intentions. I, I, I can't make that generalization. But for many, 
the reality is they're just they're just doing their best. They're just doing what they think at that time is the best solution. And so our pregnant women in crisis program is really designed to help prevent this from happening, prevent children from being orphaned and abandoned. Um, throughout the course of our work, um, we've set up a Facebook page. It's called Tulong Kay Nanay and translates to help for moms. And I invite you guys to check that out. Um, and on this Facebook page, pregnant women in crisis situations are, are welcome to reach out to us and to say, to share their situation. And, and we then assess whether or not we can provide them with financial support to see them through their pregnancy so that they don't resort to abortion or abandonment or trafficking simply because of the difficulties that they currently face um, in terms of having to meet their basic needs as well as the basic needs of their children. Um, And so this Pregnant Women in Crisis program is designed to do that. And we're so glad because so many um, over the course of the last year, even through the pandemic, we've seen so many moms reach out to us. And Initially coming to us and saying, hey, I want to give my child for adoption. Um, And if they do say that, we do um, guide them through the proper um, legal ways of surrendering their child for adoption. Um, But we always try to see if, if maybe the reason for trying to surrender their child for adoption or make an adoption plan for their child is simply because they're hungry and simply because they can't meet their current needs. And so We've had such great success with this program that most moms that come to us initially wanting to surrender their children for adoption end up keeping their children and choosing to parent them instead. That makes our hearts just swell with joy to know that through that program and being able to meet the basic needs of a pregnant woman in crisis, getting them access to medical care, getting them counseling, um, helping them understand the realities and the different options that are available, that through that program, we're able to prevent a child from even becoming an orphan in the first place. And that's why the orphan prevention is such a huge part of our story. Um, The other part of what we do is orphan care. And orphan care is recognizing that children's homes are not the finish line for children, that the end goal is really to bring them into families, into homes where they can be loved and cared for through either adoption or foster care. Um, Our hope is that by educating and equipping more people, um, we'll be able to build up more families so that we can all respond to this crisis by welcoming the orphaned and abandoned children into our homes. And so that's a little bit about what we do. And, you know, I thought that, you know, as we, as we get started on this journey together through this podcast, we eventually hope to share more practical ways that you can get involved with adoption and fostering and um, maybe even provide um, some inspirational stories along the way. Um, but we thought we would just set the groundwork and lay the foundation and help you understand um, a little bit about what Rohe Foundation does, what our response is to the orphan crisis, and hopefully allow that to help you figure out how you could respond on a personal level. So I hope um, you learned something. I hope that you know this just this helped give you a little bit of perspective with regards to what the to what Rohe Foundation is doing on the ground. And, you know, if you want to get involved, if you want to connect with us, um, we would be so thrilled to hear from you. We invite you to check out our website, rohefoundation.org, to connect with us on social media, um, either through Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message. We would love to hear from you. And um, just 
let us know how we can support you. If you want to get involved and you want to find out how to volunteer or how to get started on your adoption journey, um, let us know. We have consults that run throughout the week all the time uh, for both those of you who are in the Philippines. And if you're overseas, we'd be happy to connect you to somebody or direct you to an agency or someone that might be able to help you um, in your in your local cities. So thanks for joining us uh, for this episode of Family is the Answer. Um, and we hope that we'll see you again next week. That was the Family is the Answer podcast by Rohe Foundation and powered by Podcast Network Asia. If you're interested to know more about adoption and foster care, visit our website at rohefoundation.org where you can find articles, videos, and other resources. You can also find us on social media. We're Rohe Foundation on Instagram and Facebook. Again, thanks for listening and I hope to catch you at our next episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>